Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. Today on this episode, I am in the Bahamas and I am joined by the CEO and founder of Ritual Hot Yoga. Her name is Lindsay Kalberg. But before I get into introducing Lindsay, I just wanted to start by saying thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who tuned in, who listened to the first episode. I'm actually blown away (laughs) by how many people listened to that episode. And it's so exciting to know that it's resonating with people. It's inspiring people. All I really want to do is help us all grow together in business, life, (laughs) all of the things. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really excited about this new endeavor. I really enjoyed recording last week's episode, but because I love people and I'm obsessed with communicating, I think I'm going to enjoy having a guest even more. Today, I am joined by Lindsay Kalberg, CEO and founder of Ritual Hot Yoga and inventor of Mat Snaps. Ritual Hot Yoga is a luxury, all-inclusive yoga studio with locations in San Francisco, Chicago, and more on the way. Lindsay is one of my biggest inspirations in business and in life and has become one of my closest friends. Today, we're going to be diving into how she created Ritual Hot Yoga, plans for the future, maintaining a brand and culture during extreme growth, moments of inauthenticity, and how we separate our friendship from our working relationship. Lindsay is revolutionizing the yoga industry. Her teachers are full-time employees, full-time employees (laughs) with paid benefits and vacation. The ritual experience itself is unlike any other which if you have not experienced it and are in San Francisco or Chicago, we're going to be offering you all a complimentary class so you can try it for yourself. But of course, we'll be talking more about the ritual experience and what makes it so unique. Today, we are actually in the Bahamas at the Ritual Hot Yoga Retreat, so bear with us. (laughs) We've learned the past few days the power could go out at any second, so we will do our best to go with the flow. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Hello, thank you. <laughs> How do you feel to be my first guest? I am honored, <laughs> exceptionally honored. I was thinking <laughs> that it's kind of funny because Ritual was like one of our first clients. Oh, I like that. Romantic. Very romantic. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to maybe start by talking about, before we dive into Ritual, how we met mm-hmm. and that story. Our love at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, I remember a couple times of our first meetings, but I'm the thinking, one in yoga class? I'm, no. Okay. Oh. That was the first time I <laughs> experienced Lindsay, which is a whole other thing. But I was thinking of that conversation we had in your office. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was that was the first time I think we really got to connect alone. We didn't have our one-on-one date if we were comparing it to The Bachelor, <laughs> which we've been watching Yes, here in the Bahamas. Yeah. But that was definitely an interesting uh, moment for me. It was really special. Krista came into the front office and we were sitting there just connecting about ritual and the brand. And what lit me up the most was, and I've told you this before, but that 20 years of my brain and my emotion and my passion and all of these things boiled down to what ritual was and what I wanted it to be. And Krista was able to just encompass it all in a conversation and pull everything out of me that I loved the most for the brand and put it into this unique special package and just deliver it back to me. And I'm like, oh my God, you get it. (laughs) And it was it was the first time I had had that experience where I was like, oh my God, like, yes, like that's what I'm trying to say. So it was cool. I love that. And this, at this time I was actually working for you full time. Uh-huh. So this was before Authentic Audience began, um, mm-hmm. which will kind of, we can talk about how that transition happened, but uh, I was brought on to teach and to run the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was kind of our first opportunity to really connect 
And I just remember like seeing you in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like it was like this, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Here's how I think we can help other people understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know? So I think that's a big part of what I do too, is I like listen to you. I get it. Mm -hmm. And then let's try and make it so everyone else can get it too. And I think that's what we've done a pretty good job of. Yeah. Well, it was in that conversation too, you were able to pull out where we were operating within that space and where we were not operating within that space, which was really helpful to see because I could feel it. I could feel there was something off, but to be able to distinguish where it was off and where it was on was really And of course you have to be receptive to that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a whole nother thing that I find. And one thing I love about working with you is like, Hey, Lens, this isn't working. (laughs) Okay, great. How do like, what do we do about it? You know? And then the other thing I love about working with you is, which is equally challenging and frustrating at times (laughs) is how true you are to the brand. And so if Clay and I have an idea or something we want to try with marketing, and Lindsay will just say, nope, <laughs> like we're not doing it because that's not on brand for us. You know, there are certain marketing strategies that we come up with and Ritual being a luxury brand and Lindsay wanting to stay true to that brand. We oftentimes have to get creative. Less shortcuts. <laughs> Less shortcuts. So um, before we get too carried away with this, I wanted to just back up and have you tell us a little bit more about um, your experience and how Ritual kind of came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of questions asking about your background mm-hmm. and if you studied business and just sort of, I would like you to start with Matt Snaps, actually. Mm-hmm. Tell us what they are, how that came about, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of get into Ritual. Yeah. Well, it's they, they do kind of weave together, but um, but yeah, so... Let's see. Growing up, I I feel like I always had the leadership um, quality. You know, growing up, maybe you would call it bossy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I always had that that innate desire to lead and really to be like in charge and create something. And so when I went to college, I went to school for business management. And took my first yoga class my freshman year and was lying in my first final Shavasana. Had a very cliche moment, like, perfect. This is it. This is what I'm going to do with my life. It was like a 90 minute orgasm. And I'm like, if I could do this every day and bring this to people every day, like the world would be such a better place. So started teaching yoga the next year at this mom and pop studio, um, hot house yoga in Iowa city. It's fantastic. And while I was there teaching, I, I love to kick people's asses when I teach like, (laughs) yes, she does. (laughs) Absolutely love it. And one of my favorite things, even when I first started is to hold people in postures instead of offering breaks, challenge them, encourage them to stay where they are. And I would notice, especially in forearm plank and in high plank, people would stop their practice to quote unquote, fix their towel. (laughs) And I was like, excuse you, like you do not need to be fixing your towel right now. And so I was getting so frustrated and annoyed. I'm like, okay, I got to get my class to stay in forearm plank. They're pretending like they need to fix their towel. I'm going to snap their damn towel down to their mat. So I remember literally I went to like Joanne's fabrics and I bought snaps and I remember getting like a hammer and I hammered in little snaps on the corner of my towel and my mat. And I start, that's how I literally created the first iteration of mat snaps is freshman year in college. And I like, you know, put them through the wash and everything. Long story short, obviously that first model didn't work so well. That's so funny that that's how mats <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you don't want people to move because it's really, if you don't know what mat snaps are, yeah. um, I, I will just back up for a second. So mat snaps are this invention that Lindsay created and it's actually not a snap. It's like a clip. Mm-hmm. Um, and you clip them down on all four corners of your mat. And we use them at ritual when you're, uh, getting your towel, um, especially with hot yoga to stay on your mat. And so at ritual, every mat has them and we also sell them. Mm-hmm. People love it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Like I didn't even know that. That's why. 
<laughs> That's so funny. So that was like your first sort of, yeah, it was, it was because, you know, I, I think in the yoga industry, not to go on one of my rants, but in the yoga industry, it seems like a lot of times we stop evolving. Everyone is struggling to make ends meet in the yoga industry, whether you have a yoga studio or you are a yoga brand creating yoga clothing or, you know, something of that nature. And so I think when people are just trying to make it, there's not a lot of evolvement. But when I was young and had the freedom and the brain space to just create, I was like, well, give me a hammer and <laughs> I'm going to hammer this snap down and make the towel stay put. Then finally, uh, I wrote a paper on it in college for my entrepreneurship class. My teacher told me it was going to be an aftermarket doodad and gave me like a B on the project. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, kind of took it from there. It was a long journey, but yeah, I love that. So now here we are, it's 2019. Mm -hmm. And I just want to paint a picture for people before we get into the um, employee, the business side of ritual. I want to talk about the customer experience Mm -hmm. and sort of paint a picture of what the ritual experience actually is. So ritual, when you come in, you can actually smell the incense Mm -hmm. Like I, that's kind of my favorite part. Ritual sort of takes you into this other world and it starts with the smell and you can smell it before you even enter the studio. So you go in, it's all inclusive. So you don't need to bring anything at all. You go into ritual and you walk through this dark little hallway, candlelit hallway. You grab a towel for your mat. You fill up your water bottle, a face towel blocks, everything sort of lined up, ready to go. There's little essential oils that you can try and put on, put on your mat, put on your face, wherever. And then you walk down the hallway into a candlelit room, heated candlelit room, otherwise dark. The mats are already lined up for you with the mat snaps. Mm -hmm. So you basically come in. This is how the ritual, you know, the ritual begins from the minute you walk into the door. You come in, you sit down, you snap your mat down and class begins. And every class is a 50 minute flow. And the sequence will change, but the flow or the structure of the class stays the same. So it hits on everything. We have intentions, which is actually probably my favorite part of the experience. Whichever studio you're in, whichever teacher you take, um, the intention is the same that entire week. So every teacher teaches the same intention. They go through the yamas, niyamas, chakras, yoga philosophy. So you get all these different iterations on the same intention and really get to dive deep. Also, same thing with the peak posture. So every week she works us into a different peak posture and every teacher is teaching that same posture, different sequencing, different ways of getting in. There's core, there's flows, there's balancing. There's a beautiful Shavasana that ends with cold eucalyptus towels and massages. (laughs) And from beginning to end of the class, you're breathing and moving with the beat of the music. So you really get lost. It's really hot. It's really dark. It's really fast. You kind of end class like, I don't know what just happened, but I loved it. That was my first experience anyway. Then there's showers, towels, amenities, all of the things. So you can really come in in 50 minutes, only bring yourself and end with this sort of like transformative, powerful. I mean, just seeing the transformation that students have gone through on the teacher end and also just being a member there now is like kind of pretty phenomenal. So my question to you is how the fuck did you come up with this? Oh, there is... Yes. So there's multiple, multiple facets, I would say, to the experience. And it is all intentional. Everything has been thought through. But so the first part, well, okay, the first part for the sequencing, which I think is a really key part of it, was I did, I can't tell you how many teacher trainings I had done. You know, pretty it wasn't a Bikram training, but pretty much a Bikram training, a Nyasa training, a yin training, a lifting weights while you do yoga training. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, I have to go to six different yoga classes every single week to get the full physical experience I was searching for. And then the classes I would be there and I wouldn't get like true philosophy. I wouldn't get true meditation. I wouldn't get true breath work. And I was like, okay, this is so frustrating. So what I did is I'm like, well, screw it. I'm going to put them all. I was almost like, Fuck it, but I don't know. You, we can say fuck. Okay, great. <laughs> it's me. Okay. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to put it all in one class. I'm like, that is going to be a hot mess. Let's try it. So 
every single part of class is inspired by a different yoga teaching style that I love. And then it was a hot mess. <laughs> so I was like, now what do we do? I was at a soul cycle class one day. And when I was there, I noticed how people seemed to be getting lost in a spin class. And I was like, this is wild. What's happening? My perception of what's happening in a soul cycle class that makes it so addictive is among other things that people are in a flow state and they're achieving that flow state, that level of presence, because you have to be on beat the entire time. And when I was in there, I was like, okay, what could we do that was to the beat the entire class? I was like, well, gosh, you know, we can't really move to the beat because I knew I wanted static postures. I was like, the only thing you do the entire class is breathe. And I have this vivid memory of being on the bike, holding, holding on and thinking like, holy shit, we could breathe to the beat. That was really the icing on the cake where I was like, we're going to breathe to the beat of the music. And that's how it started. I mean, it really, I can't explain it. Like when I take a ritual class, like from the minute you sit down, like even the opening meditation is cute. So like every breath, the entire class is cute. For somebody like me with a super anxious mind, um, it's, I'm not thinking about anything else. Like Mm -hmm. all you have to do is focus on your breath. Everything about, I mean, and then the rest of the class, I mean, you hit on every sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's another part I wanted. uh, This is, this kind of stems from my love for tantric yoga. And the idea of a ritual is truly to have every single part of the experience be curated for exceptionalism. And a way to do that is through sensuality and not just speaking like in a sexual way, which... If you want to interpret it that way, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, everything from the way the studio looks, like I am so particular. Mats need to be in a perfect line. Mm-hmm. The towels need to be folded perfectly. You know, the smell of the incense, it should smell the same at every studio. You should know where you are when you walk in. You know, cool water. How does it feel when you literally take that sip of water in class, which hopefully you're not doing during a challenging pose? <laughs> or Lindsay will call you out. Yes. But, you know, the water should be cool. The touch from the assistants is huge. We have an assistant in every class. Oh, right. I forgot to add that part. So every ritual class, there's two teachers in every room, mm-hmm. one teacher giving the cues and another teacher just offering physical adjustments, assists, deepening, loving touch the entire class. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so important. Some people aren't touched. Some people can go through the entire day without having physical connection with another human being. And especially with how technologically focused we are these days, when you can have that physical connection with someone and it's like, you feel their release of their energy. It's, it's such a cool part of the experience. And then what you hear, uh, the music and the bass, you know, you can feel it pulsing through your body and even when we deliver the intention drops, that is curated. So you hear what you're supposed to hear based on what's going on in your body. And we drop more vulnerable parts in the hips, you know, and we coach and we create space because so many times I've been to yoga classes and this is not from a place of uh, negativity, I should say, but so many times I've been to classes in the teacher feels like they are just saying like, and now let everything go and just be, and I don't sometimes believe them. Mm. It's that feeling and coming from the other end, I empathize with them where I'm like, you're probably just fucking tired, exhausted. This is probably the 20th class you've taught this week. And you're just dropping lines that you've heard before Mm -hmm. and you don't feel the passion behind it and the, the authenticity behind it. So with our intentions. We're really particular about when you're going to speak, when you are going to bring this philosophy into class, make sure it's intentional. It's, it's I love how passionate you get about talking about this. It's just so cool because I've seen it come so far. And I think this is a great sort of opportunity to transition into the teachers. Mm -hmm. I heard you say, um, you know, this was your 20th class. You were exhausted. And Mm -hmm. I know that you had a really interesting sort of journey into the business model. Um, Mm -hmm. So now you know (laughs) what the ritual Mm -hmm. experience is, how intentional it is, and why it was created the way that it was. But to me, 
the actual real inspiration and holy shit, like power behind the ritual brand is the business model Mm -hmm. and the teaching side. So I want to take a quick break Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about how you have managed to scale this business this way and how you managed to pay all of your teachers full time, Mm -hmm. full salary, all the things. You had this idea, and in addition to the actual class model, you had this sort of idea for a teacher model. And how did you even, like, how did this come about? So, as I said, I before you know, I taught in college, and I loved it. Part time job wasn't reliant on my money, you know, coming in. Right after college, I still knew I wanted a yoga studio. Was curious about because I. I like, I really love business. And so I wanted to work for a yoga studio that had a bunch of studios that had scaled. So I moved to Chicago and I worked for a big yoga studio chain and I got there so naive and just like went in like, okay, I've got, you know, 300 hours of teacher training. I've been teaching for, you know, a little over three years now, you know, can I audition? I want a job. And they're like, yeah, you need to do our teacher training first. I'm like, great. Okay. What teacher trainings are there? And they showed me this list of teacher trainings and wow, they were all so expensive. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I picked the cheapest one they had, which was a yoga sculpt training. So I did that teacher training and got done with the training and they're like, okay, great. Now it's time for your internship. (laughs) I was like, uh, okay, what's an internship? They're like, well, you're going to teach 30 classes unpaid. Finally, you know, got spots on the schedule. Once I did quickly realized at that time, they were still paying per class quickly realized that it was, you know, obviously below minimum wage per, if you were going to factor in the hours, you weren't paid to create classes, all these things. And it wasn't really at, again, at that point, that big of a deal to me, everybody else was doing it. I figured there must be some secret, once you get deeper, you know, into it. And I remember getting to see the behind the scenes and to be like, just totally honest, like one of the things that they told me when we were looking for people, I'm like, this job isn't sustainable. Like we have no sal, like no salary, no guaranteed, no sick time, no benefits, like no 401ks, obviously. Like those were all, it was just a joke. They looked at me like I was, you know, just so incredibly, again, naive for thinking this would even be possible. Yeah. It's one of my biggest, actually, just to cut in, like, um, I work with a lot of yogis and a lot of yoga teachers and like you, when you become a yoga teacher, you're basically like dedicating your life to like serving other people. Mm -hmm. And when you're not taking care of yourself, like I have so many clients and friends that are like running around, like they spend like 10 hours a week in the car, Mm -hmm. just driving from studio to studio. And it's exhausting. And, but I never thought, oh, there could be another way. So how did that sort of like, when did that moment happen? It was, I had a breakdown. So I remember I get, got really, really sick and I just called my mom and I just, I just lost it. Just had a breakdown. And I was like, look, like mom, like, I don't know what, what's happening. Yoga ruined my life. The way they treat teachers is so disrespectful and so inauthentic and so not in alignment with the yoga culture that I thought I was getting myself into. And she, she's just a badass, And she's just like, okay, well, you have a day to be sad and then figure it out. <laughs> so I had my day of sulking, feeling like a victim, realized that was useless so I decided, fuck it. I'm going to start my own yoga studio, which I already wanted to do. And it's going to be different. They're going to be full-time salaried employees. They will have sick time. They will have benefits. They're going to have, you know, a 401k, like these things that just seem so run of the mill in any other industry, but in the yoga industry, it's unheard of. Yeah. And another like thing that really gets me 
I mean, this might be a rant. <laughs> I love your rants. I'll yeah. cut it if I have to. <laughs> <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> but, but I think a huge reason why is because it's a female-dominated industry. Mm. Yeah. Look at all the big yoga. The, the corporations that have made it, they're run by men, and it drives me insane. Like, the founder of Core Power, man. And, you know, the founder of Lululemon, it's a man. The founder of all of these, like, really big companies, they're men and they're make trust me, they're making a pretty penny and they're not apologizing about it. And then what you have on the, you know, as you trickle down is these teachers who are actually the ones creating the product, actually the ones living the yoga, actually the ones creating the experience. And they're making next to nothing. You know, the yoga industry gets hit, gets hit twice. One is that they psychologically manipulate you into thinking if you're a yogi, you can't value yourself monetarily. So you shouldn't ask for money. You shouldn't you know, stand for your value. I find that so much. I even felt that. I mean, I still feel that. I think as yogis, I've said this before, is like we've taken this like vow of poverty in a past life. Mm -hmm. Like my teacher says that, like, and it's sort of up to us, I believe anyway, is like finding your value and like money is energy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a transfer of energy. And as a yoga teacher, you are bringing your energy, you're giving everything, you're holding space for like so many people every day. And money is just like, energy in return. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a balance. And like when you start to feel an imbalance, that's when like resentment happens and burnout happens and like all of this stuff. So it's one thing that I, when a client comes to me too, a lot of them are yogis. I teach the business of yoga. There's like this horrible sort of feeling of like, I'm not worth it, or I shouldn't be charging that or Seva or this and that. And of course, Seva and karma yoga, super important pieces of yoga, but also if you decide to make yoga your living mm -hmm. and your career, then there's a business responsibility mm -hmm. that comes with it. You, Yes, you need to do it with integrity and heart and authenticity, but also you need to make money or it's not a business. Yeah. And, it, and there's nothing <laughs> to apologize about that. No. Like, know your value. Right. Like, and it's, you know, and then we're, the other end is because we're, a lot of times women don't take the time to recognize, you know, the sense of urgency around needing money. Like, why can we not recognize that these women need to be self-sufficient just because, you know, they're a yoga teacher and so on and so forth. Doesn't mean they can't have a valuable career path. Doesn't mean they don't have another part of their brain that they want to use, you know, aside from, from teaching. And. Oh, I love that. You know. And it's so cool at ritual because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So, and I want to talk a little bit about too, like what happened when you started looking for funding <laughs> for this business. <laughs> But one thing that she does do at Ritual is um, her teachers are full-time, of course, and they're not teaching 40 hours of yoga a week. That would be ridiculous to ask right. anybody to do. So they'll teach a couple nights a week. They'll assist a couple nights a week. And then they have a pillar or they have a, a space within the business where they're helping to grow it. Mm -hmm. So not only do they have the yoga teaching and they get paid to make their playlists and their classes mm – -hmm. She also, every year, is this, do you still do this? Yeah. Every year that somebody's with Ritual Hot Yoga, she pays for them to go and advance their training. So not only um, is she supporting their yoga training and their yoga growth, but also helping them understand like the business side mm -hmm. and the business element. And as you scale and as you grow, these teachers that you're training now will then go out and help open the new studios and more and more and mm -hmm. more. And it seems to be working really well. So now you're here. Now you're like, okay, I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. which is always kind of a fiery place to be. Um, every time I'm like really pissed, really heartbroken is actually when I get the most done. Mm -hmm. So you started getting, uh, asking for funding. You put together the business model. Yep. yep. Put together the business model and started pitching to investors. Once again, all men, <laughs> uh, started pitching and they of course loved the front end of the business model. This is fantastic. Yep. You definitely, you know, carved out your niche you're going to make it like in that, in that regard, we, we believe in it. Uh, but why the hell would you pay people this much when you could pay them for a fraction of the cost? And in you're crazy. Why would you pay them during training when that's typically in the yoga industry, one of the biggest revenue, uh, streams that a yoga studio has, and, you know, many of them, oh yeah, this would be great. Just ditch the teacher model. 
this would be fine. But the teacher model, it's never going to work. And we pitched to people who had experience with yoga studios and a lot of people who had experience just in the fitness industry, which if you look at the fitness industry, it's a lot of the same thing. Personal trainers, you know, Pilates teachers, you name it. They're probably an independent contractor. They're probably doing, going through the same thing. So they just could not wrap their head around why would you choose to do this when you don't have to and you could make so much more money if you just cut it completely. So we ended up opening with no money, actually with zero funding, zero bank loans in a tiny gym in San Francisco that had an open yoga room that they were only using, you know, a couple hours a day. And so we did a pay per head rental model. But you transformed that room. Oh, within two weeks, yeah, we had our first sold out class. Oh, yeah. Well, Clay, what's so funny is my partner and mm-hmm. husband was one of those first mm-hmm. students. And so it's kind of fun mm-hmm. that he's still here and believes in it. And now he's, you know, making a lot of bigger decisions on the back end and how to grow this thing when he saw it from the very first iteration in that yoga room to now you know, we've got two rooms at one location, open, packed. I mean, they're offering how many classes a day? Seven to 10. Seven to 10 per studio per day Mm -hmm. in three locations. Mm -hmm. So how is that? (laughs) It is is different, but the same in an interesting way. Uh, It still feels, it still feels the same. I, I know myself well enough to know I am always going to have six things on my plate when I can only fit five. And so it still always feels a little overwhelming. I'm always a little bit overextended. And I think that's kind of in a weird way, what keeps me coming back and being so committed to the practice of yoga is because to keep my sanity for how hard I'm pushing myself, I have to practice. Someone once asked me, do you think you're more on the business side of things or the yoga side of things? Mm. And I was like, how could you answer that? It's like, is the sky blue or does it have air? It's like, it's both the exact same time. That's so funny because I feel the same way about Mm -hmm. my business. Like being an entrepreneur is like the most spiritual experience for me. Like it is yoga. Uh Like I am living like yoga off the mat, on the mat. Like it's all in the same. And I've never heard anyone else Mm -hmm. answer it that way. And But I want to just pause for a moment because I know you and I are like really similar in this. We're always thinking of the growth Mm -hmm. and the next steps and all that. Like, how does it feel now? Like we've got franchising on the horizon and we're looking at multiple, multiple cities, Mm -hmm. studios, locations from where you were just at three years ago to now. Mm -hmm. Like we've got hundreds of people through those doors every week, Mm -hmm. hundreds a day Mm -hmm. coming in, practicing, breathing to the beat. So, I mean, wow. Like, how does it feel? It feels calm, good, a little overwhelming all at the same time. It's every day is so different. It feels like what I can say is there are some days that are so shitty, like Mm -hmm. so random you know, the back end stuff that you have to deal with, but there's never really a night where I can go to bed and do get so emotional. I knew you were gonna cry. But there's never a night where I can so lame. I'm so lame. Lindsay's crying. I'm so lame. I love so basic. You're not. I love that you cry when you talk about that. But it's like no matter how shitty my days are, when I go to bed, I can always feel that, um, that sense of like mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Well, you have, you've Mm -hmm. accomplished a lot. A few questions that we got were one, um, who are your biggest inspirations Mm -hmm. in all of this? So who have your biggest inspirations been since there's no one else really doing this? Right. Yeah. It's been, that is actually a good question because it's, it is really tough to find a, a true mentor in, in this type of business that I want to build. Um, so the, the first two people that I can think of are 
my parents. Uh, my mom is just, she's just a badass. Like no vic, there's no, no victims, you know, also she would say there's no judgment in this family. You know, she was very stern um, when we were growing up, very positive in a slightly aggressive way. That reminds me of someone I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and so she, and, and it was my mom and my three sisters most of the time growing up. And we were always so tight too. Like when you were in the family and we had each other's backs, there was no question about that. And so I think that has really influenced me in the way I lead, in the way our culture is in the studio. Like if you're mm-hmm. on the ritual team, we got your back, ride or die, like no matter what. And then my dad has been a huge uh, inspiration as well. He, you know, was a businessman, very entrepreneurial, uh, very successful. He, you know, worked with a startup that, you know, IPO'd and he then worked with a lot of small businesses and he, he was so subtle, but confident in the way he coached me. And that really helped me to see things clearly, to stay high level, to not get too caught up in the weeds, you know, and just focus on what we were here to do. I remember one of my favorite things was when we got evicted. Right. There's been a lot of <laughs> drama too over the years coming with three studios, yeah. right? One example is getting evicted. Yeah. We got evicted from our first yoga um, space because long story short, we got evicted, got a week's notice, it ended up being there was an illegal drug operation going on upstairs. <laughs> I forgot about that. And, <laughs> and so our whole yoga studio turned into a crime scene. Oh, right. Yeah. And we couldn't go back into the studio because it was, a, they were growing pot upstairs and it had, they, when they turned off the ventilation, all of the fumes sank into our yoga studio and so you would get like high the moment you walked in. <laughs> so it was one, a crime scene, too toxic, quote unquote toxic to enter. And anyway, I was so upset, you know, we're going to lose all this money because our landlord, the guy who we had paid our deposit to went to jail. And so we couldn't get any of our money back. And I was like, but dad, like, we got to take him to court. We got to go. We got to fight this. Like, I want my money back. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And he's like, let it go. And I was like, what? It's like, let it go. You got to move on. Like, dad, that's like tens of thousands of dollars that they owe us. He's like, focus on your business and move on. And it was like, just such a moment for me where I was like, okay, holy shit. There are going to be so many roadblocks that come up where I want to be vindictive. It wasn't even vindictive. I mean, the guy probably should have given us our deposit back considering all the things, but maybe like righteous. Yeah. Like trying to be the one to like prove everything and make sure everybody was meeting, like doing their part. And he's like, focus on yourself, grow your business, do your thing. I love listening to the story of you talking about your parents because now after three years of working with you and knowing you, I can like see on a business level and on a personal level, like exactly how that is like manifested in you. So talking about our friendship for a second, we've had sort of like an interesting journey, Mm -hmm. I would call it. Um, But there's a, a moment that happened with Lindsay that sort of solidified it for me. And what's so funny is it sort of like encapsulates that I've got your back, but let it go Mm -hmm. attitude. And what happened was I had been working for ritual full time and there was another project that sort of came about that I wanted to pursue. And I told Lindsay, Hey, I'm going to go pursue this project. Like I'm going to leave, like I'm going to quit ritual. And without going into any details, she could have had a lot of opinions about this project. She could have been very angry with me. And instead she basically, I can't, I'll never forget it. You called me and you said, I don't care where in the world you are or who you're working with. Mm -hmm. You always have a job here and you can always call me. And that level of like, I've got your back, but also like I'm detached enough to like let you go. Mm-hmm. It's the most, and I know it's Garrett, your partner's favorite thing about you too. Mm-hmm. 
is just this ability to like see somebody walking, see somebody you love walking towards fire and just let them Mm -hmm. go. And that's something that I have such a hard time with. Like if it's somebody I care about as much as we care about each other, like I wouldn't have been able to like not say something. And of course the project was a terrible idea. And three months later, I come groveling back to Lindsay. One beautiful thing that happened in that is authentic audience Mm -hmm. was ended up being birthed from this whole experience. People have asked, you know, how do you get so close with your clients? Especially, you know, you spend so much time with Lindsay and Garrett and we are, we're really good friends, Mm -hmm. but I think yesterday or was it the day before is kind of a perfect example So we both love our businesses. (laughs) Clay and Lindsay are more similar and me and Garrett, Lindsay's partner, are more similar. So (laughs) Clay and Lindsay want to like look at numbers and spreadsheets and data and Garrett and I want to like take pictures and be creative and write content. And so it works really well. And the other night, you and Clay were still working and I like walk out of the room and I hear Lindsay like, well, our front end offer on Google AdWords in 2017, like conversion rate. And I just like step out of the room (laughs) and Clay's like right there with you. Mm -hmm. So one, we have a really good dynamic, the four of us. And two, I think we work really hard, but for whatever reason, we're really good at like setting the work hat aside and having fun. Mm -hmm. Like you're my favorite to work with, but also one of my favorite people to go out with mm-hmm. and just have a good time with. Mm-hmm. And so the other, we both like whiskey. We do both like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but the other piece of that too, is I know that no matter how close we become, mm-hmm. we still have businesses to run mm-hmm. and your business is your life and baby. And so is mine. And I know without a doubt that if we, stopped hitting our numbers Mm -hmm. and stopped delivering your results, Mm -hmm. we would get fired. Like (laughs) it doesn't matter how close, like there is Mm -hmm. such a clear, like, oh, I'm going to slack off because she's my friend. If anything, I work harder because we're so close and because Mm -hmm. I'm so invested in your success. But there is not a moment that I don't know, like that this is business. Well, and I think the feeling is mutual, you know, like I respect your guys's business so much. And I know like if we can't, value you in the way you need to be valued, give you guys the the resources that you need to do your job. If we can't deliver on what we're supposed to be delivering, like you, you do so much of this work, you know, with the marketing, with advertising on the back end. And I know like we have to meet you, like we can't just be passive. And if, if we can't, like I said, respect that fact and also be in there with you guys, like looking at the numbers and also having a second set of eyes, then you guys deserve a different client who you can actually work with and can actually achieve what you want to achieve, which is to work with businesses that are elevating. Because the last thing you need is to have a company, I mean, <laughs> have a company sitting <laughs> on your platform that's not, you know, successful. Six- yes. <laughs> Right. As Clay would say, Krista, that's not a good ROI. Well, it's not a good reflection of us, right? Right. Because I care so much about our reputation. Mm -hmm. And I love that you bring that up because one thing that I do say to all my clients is like, you've got to meet me there, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can't, I can do all of this work on my end, but even if you're like Lindsay Ritual Hot Yoga is not in our program, they're one of our agency clients. And even in that capacity, like you've got to meet us there. Like we're your, we come in and we're your partners. We're not going to like run your business from marketing, your marketing. Like, you know, your brand at the end of the day, you know, your operations. And so the more you can sort of meet us and show up and Lindsay gets in there and looks at the numbers and clay loves it. And the, it's such a challenging thing to be able to grow this way. Mm -hmm. Um, You're helping us grow our business. We're helping you grow your business. And in the meantime, we've become, really mm-hmm. good friends. We're in the Bahamas mm-hmm. <laughs> working nonstop and playing poker mm-hmm. at night. Like it's just as much as we care, I think it is really important. And one thing you and Garrett are really good at is playing. Mm-hmm. And like yesterday we played and we went on a boat ride mm-hmm. and I took the day and I asked you on the way home, like, do you feel mm-hmm. guilty or like nervous about not checking your emails? Mm-hmm. 
And you were like, no, not really. Like, I'm okay. And that almost allowed me to be okay. Because mm-hmm. I like was like, yeah. okay, well, Lindsay runs a business. And if she's like not stressed out about mm-hmm. being away from work, I don't have to be stressed out. Because you really work harder than anyone I know. But you also play harder <laughs> than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. And it's so cool. And I just want to like congratulate you on this, what you've been able to create, how you inspire. I know your team is super inspired by you, also challenged by you. You inspire me, you challenge me on a daily basis. So thank you. And I just wanted to sort of end this with a question that, was this your idea where you said, what's the most inauthentic thing? Mm -hmm. Was that your idea? Mm -hmm. So I was asking Lindsay um, for the podcast, like I want to end with every single podcast with two questions. And she was like, well, what if fits? what was the most inauthentic moment in your business? And what was the most authentic moment? So let's start with the most inauthentic mm-hmm. moment, um, or a moment, maybe made a decision out of ego, or it was a mistake. You made it. What happened? It's so funny when I, I've been thinking when, after I said that to you, I was like, fuck, <laughs> what am I that means I'm going to have to answer it. So I have a couple answers. But I have I have one, and then if we don't like it, we can talk about other ones. But anyway, the the one I can remember where it was a really big moment that my gut was like, "This is Lindsay. This is not right." And I can only compare it to moments I had in my first marriage, which is awful. <laughs> so that just came to me right now. But anyway, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is not right." So I remember when we were first starting ritual. And this has been my baby, my passion, my idea, my dream, my everything that was inside of me. And I remember when, when I was first starting and there was other people involved and I like to please people, you know, a lot of people are people pleasers. And I remember finding myself giving away so much of myself, not only emotionally, but letting other people financially, but Oh yeah. Financially, like contractually, I really gave away so much of the business of me. Cause it was me. It was my right. idea. It was my baby, but because I was caught up in this really weird stage of life and just looking to people, please. And I remember there was a moment where I was sitting down and someone said to me, something seems really off. Like, are you sure you're okay? And it was, should have been one of the most exciting times in my life because it was about to all start. And I knew I was building a house on an insolid foundation mm. and I was terrified and it was a little too late. And I knew I was digging myself into this black hole and I couldn't stop. It was, it was starting to snowball and it was a huge moment of inauthenticity where I could have stopped it before it started, but instead I just kind of went with it and have been cleaning it up for three years. Yeah. And that has been the biggest, a lot of people say they don't have regrets and yada, yada and all that bullshit. I regret that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, think it would have changed or do you think it's affected now like how you sign how you sign contracts and when you have investors interested in stock options and ownership options in your company like if you didn't have that experience giving away part of your company and realizing that it was a mistake and you know la 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 if you hadn't done that do you think you would be as like aware of it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the beautiful thing that came out of it is I get now why they say like, we would pitch and they'd be like, okay, who's in charge? And it was always a soft answer. And, you know, they say like, there's one person. Anyway, now I understand all of that. And I realize it's why the business models are the way they are. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely informed me now, but it was a tough pill to swallow. And and I can distinctly remember that conversation of when someone called me out and I, and I knew exactly what was wrong. And you couldn't say it. And I just couldn't say it. Yeah. So with that being said, let's sort of finish with maybe one of the most authentic moments or experiences that you've had and like how that sort of came about. Yeah. I think the, the most authentic moments 
Anytime we bring on a new teacher, mm. not going to get emotional. <laughs> We're crying again <laughs> over here. But that is, that is definitely, those moments are huge. I remember, I don't know why, but Sophie, one of our, our manager now, I remember like her when, when she did her audition and like, just like, I was like, okay, yeah, here's your offer. And she, you know, got all teary eyed and it's, it was just a moment of like, holy shit. Okay. Yes. Like this is why we do it. Anytime a teacher can go to the doctor, that's why we do it. Anytime, you know, a teacher can take a vacation. It's like those moments where maybe I have to put a little bit more money into the business to cover an unexpected, you know, mirror breakage or eviction. Like those moments where I have to put sacrifice a little bit more. Um, but knowing that it's because the people on the other end are going to get to experience a life that they can live for doing and pursuing a career that they want to pursue is those are, those are probably my most authentic moments when it stings and I make (laughs) the wire transfer and I'm like, okay, we'll eat this cost. Um, if it means ritual surviving another month or another Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love this conversation. I'm so excited that you are my first guest. And I think we are closer to an hour than 30 minutes. But I think a lot of people that I'm connected with, um, and of course that you're connected with, are in the yoga industry in some way. So this will be hopefully inspiring and helpful. Like for what I wanted to interview Lindsay about mostly and why is because she's been able to grow this brand in such a short amount of time. And it hasn't been easy. Like you just heard a few stories like lawsuits, evictions. Mm Like it's not all <laughs> glamorous and either is my business and people are like, oh, that's so great. Like you're on your own business. But what it really means is, you know, we work nonstop and every moment I'm not working, I feel guilty. And I've learned a lot from you and just how to let go mm-hmm. of things and not be so attached to things. And I do feel like you really bring the yoga philosophy into your business. Ritual has been created in a meaningful way. And like yoga businesses deserve to be successful. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's done authentically and like with heart and you're trying to raise the vibration. And so people have said like Lindsay's revolutionizing the yoga industry. And I believe that so much and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I think we have a little bit more work to do and hopefully then we can play. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But thank you so much yes, for thank coming you. on. And again, like I said, um, we'll be offering a complimentary class to everybody who wants one. So DM me, message me, email me um, for that promo code because we haven't made it yet. <laughs> I decided on the fly that we were going to do that. And Lindsay was like, okay, sure. Just um, make it authentic audience. Authentic audience. Done. Great. Okay. So use promo code <laughs> authentic audience for a free drop in at any of the ritual locations. And until next time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Keep growing. <laughs>